You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Sixty percent of the ladies in the congregation you're speaking to will have had an abortion sometime in their life. And I understand that. And thank God there's forgiveness. The blood can cover any sin. And listen, if you've had one and you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you get it under the blood and leave it in the past. That child's with the Lord. That child's with the Lord. And you can't go back and change the past. You just get forgiveness and you move on. And you don't carry the guilt and you don't carry the shame. Praise the Lord, we don't have to. Today, Pastor Danny will be bringing up some controversial and painful subjects, areas of sin and past trials. Don't be afraid to dive in to today's message. There's forgiveness and grace enough to cover everything. Every follower of Christ needs to deal with the tough subjects at some point and dig into their own hearts to find the areas that need Christ's blood. Let your own past and current sins come before the Lord today and leave them at the foot of the cross. God will remember them no more. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, with today's edition of The Living Word. People will only be helped by sharing with them the truth. So the charge, the charge, preach the Word. But here's the challenge. Not going to get easier. And it's not easy in our world. Let me give you a truth test. Personal questions here, personal questions. What do you believe about sexual immorality? Because here's what the Bible declares. The Bible declares that the only sexual bed that is pure is the marriage bed. Hebrews says, chapter 13, marriage should be honored by all, believer and unbeliever. And the marriage bed kept pure because God will judge judge all the sexually immoral and the adulterers. And yet, listen, we live in a culture. We live in a culture that sexual sin is absolutely un, just out of control. And I'm talking about not just outside the church. I'm talking about in the church. Still today, probably at least 50% of the applications we get uh, for people that want to get married through our church, they got the same address. Come on. Come on. What, what do we really believe? What do we really believe? And if you really love somebody, listen, you're just going to say, well, I'll just look the other way, or, uh, you know, you believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe. No. If you really love them, especially if they call Jesus Christ their Lord, sexual immorality, it's rampant in our culture, but also in the church. Boy, it's been quiet the last few weeks on these things. I mean, it just gets really weird in here. What do you believe? What do you believe about homosexuality? Now, let me, let me say, listen, God loves the homosexual. God loves the homosexual. Jesus died for the homosexual, just like he died for the heterosexual who's involved in sexual sin. But homosexuality, listen, we're living in a nation, we're living in a culture where it's more and more and more and more accepted and more and more and more uh, lived in front of everybody. I mean, we've got the gay pride parade coming up in St. Pete. I think it's one of the biggest in the nation, if not the biggest. God loves the homosexual. Loves them. But here's what he thinks about homosexuality. Leviticus 18.22, Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. Detestable. You know what that Hebrew word means? It means detestable. But other translations, it's something, it's something disgusting. Uh, one translation is, it's an abomination. It's an abomination. 
Because it's, it's perverted. Romans chapter 1. Women lusting for women and men lusting for men. It's, a, it's absolutely, it's, it's a depravity and it's a perversion. And listen, if we don't, if we don't stand that, for that, if we don't stand for that, we can't offer hope and help for them. And while God loves them, listen, as Christians, we have to stand and say, that's not truth. That is not truth. You say, you're intolerant. No, I'm biblical. Listen, that's the only thing that will help them. We need to tell the heterosexual that's involved in sexual sin, you're in sin. We need to tell the homosexual. But we're, listen to the culture we're living in. We have churches marrying women and women and men and men. We have them ordaining them. If you're going to stand for truth in the culture we live in, you're going to pay a price. But I charge you, stand for truth. Stand for truth because it's the only hope. If you have not been offended, no extra charge because you will before we're... You've got a good chance anyway. Percentages are up. Let me ask you this. What do you believe about abortion? I was ignorant in high school. I honestly did not know what abortion was. I, I didn't know. I thought it was just some kind of medical thing where you, you stopped a pregnancy, but I didn't, I didn't know. Listen, here's what God says. Psalm 139, verse 13, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 16, blows my mind. Your eyes saw my unformed body. When I was in high school, I didn't know that was a, was a life. That's a human being. It's a human being. Even before you can see the figure of the body, but it only takes a short time before you can go and get a sonogram and you can see it's a baby. It's a baby. It's a human life. I didn't know that in high school. I thought if you got it early enough, there wasn't a life. I had friends. I mean, it was just a common thing to get money and have their girlfriend get an abortion. I had one friend, I think his girlfriend had six abortions before she got out of high school. Now, I understand. I had a lady that's part of our fellowship that came up to me after last night's service, and she worked for uh, the pregnancy center, and we, oh, we appreciate their ministry. We supported them for years, but she said, you know, you might want to just be careful what you say and how you say it there because statistics are 60% of the ladies in the congregation you're speaking to will have had an abortion sometime in their life. And I understand that. And thank God there's forgiveness. The blood can cover any sin. And listen, if you've had one and you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you get it under the blood and leave it in the past. That child's with the Lord. That child's with the Lord. And you can't go back and change the past. You just get forgiveness and you move on. And you don't carry the guilt and you don't carry the shame. Praise the Lord, we don't have to. But I didn't know. But I know now. And that's why I'm going to stand for truth. In any, you know of a young lady that's thinking about abortion? At least try to get them to go down to Solution for Life. Go down to a local pregnancy center and at least sit down and talk to somebody before they go through with it. We live in a country. Abortion on demand. What crazy laws we have that a young girl can go and get an abortion free and, and yet no parents involved. I mean, we, we've turned things so upside down. Oh, God help us. God help us. God forgive us. God forgive our country. God help us. But listen, listen though. We are not to be arrogant. We are not to be arrogant. We are not to be self-righteous. Listen, by the grace of God, we're saved. All of us. All of us. We're not for the grace of God. Listen, we're all in trouble. 
So we're not to be arrogant or self-righteous. But if we don't stand for truth, we give them no hope. We give them no hope. Well, let me, let me ask you this one. How do you believe you should discipline your children, especially when they're young? Listen to what the Lord says. This, here's the word. Timothy, you preach the word. Danny, you preach the word. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Proverbs twenty three thirteen. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. He'll just sound like he's going to die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. And you can go to the mall, you can go out in public, go through our children's ministry. Now, I understand, again, what we're talking about here. I understand what's happening in our world. I understand the, the violence and the domestic problems, and I understand there, there are parents that are, that are beating their children. I understand that. That's absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. They ought to be locked up. But biblical discipline with a loving rod is what God says. And yet I've had people sit across my desk and sit across and say, I'll read those verses and other verses like them, and they'll say, well, we just don't believe in spanking. Well, God help you. Because you think you're going to control that kid with time out? Come on. What a cruel thing to do to a kid. You just go over there and stand in the corner. Or you tell them 15 times, stop, stop, stop. You stop it right now. Or... All you're doing is training that kid to disobey. And when that kid goes out to run out in front of US 19 in front of the car, and you've got to say 15 times, that kid's gone. God's trying to help us. But we live in a culture, even among the church, and you talk about spanking. By the way, in our, through our parenting ministry, we have, we have custom-made rods. They are the best correction tools we, I have ever seen. They give more pain with less after effects. And you can get one for a small donation. Actually, you know, you got to get several because they, they mysteriously end up disappearing in the house. We just need to come back as parents, lovingly, lovingly discipline our children, especially when they're younger. You know, they get to a certain age. My kids are out of the spanking age. Hallelujah. Now I just punch them. No, that, was, that was bad. That was a joke. For all you visitors, that was a joke. Okay, test is still going. Let me ask you this. What do you believe about roles of a husband and a wife in a marriage relationship? There's a lot to learn from the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy. This book was written with great purpose as one of God's passionate evangelists neared the end of his life. We hope that you've learned along with Timothy what it means to continue serving God, no matter your circumstances and life stage. Here at The Living Word, we'd like to pray for you as you continue to run this race of life. Would you send a quick email to us and let us know how we can do that for you? You can reach us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. If you'd like to listen to more messages from 2 Timothy or explore other teachings Pastor Danny Hodges has shared, you can do so by visiting our website, ccfstpete.church.
pete.church. We'd also like to encourage you to find and dive into a local church fellowship if you haven't already. Being part of a church community is important to your growth in your relationship with the Lord, as well as a place that you can find and give support for each day of your journey here on earth. Are you in the St. Petersburg area? We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet each Saturday at 6 p.m. and again on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit ccfstpete.church and click on the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.